This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health here in Toronto. Cutting-edge, state-of-the-art, compassionate facility. Right now, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. This is the time when they need you most. This is the time when you can make a real difference when it comes to doing something about the mental health crisis and the devastating opioid epidemic, the overdose epidemic that we're currently experiencing, losing 20 people every day. They need your help. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by ND Mattresses. ND is the Canadian mattress in a box, and because it is manufactured and shipped from ND's headquarters in Toronto, you save a ton of money, no currency conversion, no shipping from a foreign country. And that's why, though it is a fantastic mattress, it is also the cheapest mattress in a box you're going to get. Go to nd.ca slash CanadaLand and use the promo code CanadaLand to get 50 bucks off their already very low prices. That's endy.ca slash CanadaLand. This episode is also brought to you by Paytm Canada, the app where you can manage, track, and pay all of your bills using your bank account, a credit card, or Paytm cash. And while you're at it, you can get up to 15% cash back on popular retail gift cards. You'll also get $10 that you can immediately spend on one of your bills when you download Paytm Canada to your phone and use the code CanadaLand. Dear Jesse, Reddit likely has an effect on public opinion and spreading news. That place has a lot of traffic and a lot of censorship. This happens all the time with our Canada. It's a very uncool zone of controlled speech and controlled opposition. Come to our rescue, Canada land. Do an expose on this garbage trying to pass itself for a news and current events platform. I'll post the finished show on our Canada. Cheers from Anonymous Burner Account. Date, May 8th, 2015. Hey guys, maybe it's time that we bring Reddit into the mainstream conversation? I was a longtime member and have noticed that over the last 12 months, subs like Our Canada have degenerated into racist, transphobic, xenophobic, and plain old shitty meeting grounds. Go hop on Our Canada and read some of the shit on there. It's scary. Love the show, Chris. Dated July 3rd, 2016. At Canada, at Jesse Brown, I think it would be interesting for your podcast to cover how the R Canada subreddit has been slowly subverted by white supremacists. Tweet from Stan the Man Chan, dated February 20th, 2018. Well, thanks for the mail, guys. I read everything you send me, and I respond when I can. Thank you for this mail suggesting that we do an episode on the 
internal politics of the R Canada subreddit. Thank you for those three suggestions I just read. And thank you to everyone else who has written me over the years, those many of you who have also suggested that Canada Land cover Reddit. But do I have to? Look, I am so reluctant to wade into covering this massive, messy social news aggregator slash discussion board. I am very reluctant to have on this show people who use pseudonyms. I mean, I have anonymous sources and anonymous guests from time to time. I will do that as journalists do if they have a good reason to be anonymous and if I know who they are and can verify their identity. On Reddit, everybody is pseudonymous. Everyone wants to remain pseudonymous. It makes me queasy. I can't even guarantee to you listeners that the person I'm speaking to is the same person who is behind the Reddit account that they claim to be behind. So it makes me very uneasy putting them on this show. But there's something else, too. I am really reluctant to wade into the culture of Reddit that I do not fully understand. It's got its own lexicon. It's got its own hierarchies of admins and mods. It's got the little flare icons and poop emojis and unicorns. And it's not just about falling into a nerdy rabbit hole. It's that I'm sure I'll get some minutia wrong and look like an idiot. And so all of that just adds up. And, you know, I'd rather just take a pass. But I can't. And here's why. Reddit is not some obscure, nerdy rabbit hole. Reddit is huge. Our Canada is huge. Our Canada, of course, is the subreddit, the subsection of Reddit dedicated to all things Canada. And it's not just one subreddit of thousands, and there are thousands of Canadian subreddits. It is the Canadian subreddit that will be suggested to you, suggested that you subscribe to it when you sign up for Reddit. When anyone signs up for Reddit from a Canadian IP address, it will be served to you as a suggested thing to follow. And as a result of this, it is the biggest place for Canadian news on Reddit. How big? Almost 340,000 subscribers big. That is how many Canadians are subscribed to get their news from our Canada, and that puts it in the same league as cbc.ca slash news or globeandmail.com as a first destination that Canadians go to to see what today's headlines are. And just as any media critic needs to pay very close attention to which stories the editors at CBC or the Globe and Mail put on their front pages or their home pages and why they're making those choices, I really need to also scrutinize what makes it to page one of Our Canada. And the things that make it to page one of Our Canada often make it to the first page of Reddit itself, if you're visiting Reddit from a Canadian address. So who gets to decide that? Who gets to decide which headlines make it to the top? Is it just this purely egalitarian, laissez-faire community system, which Reddit was designed to provide, where people vote up their favorites and the community decides what gets buried and what gets prioritized? Or are other factors dictating what gets shown and what gets buried? For three years now, people have been telling me that there are other factors determining which headlines get precedence. Dark, troubling factors a hijacking of our Canada by extremists that Canada Land needs to investigate. And you know what? I tried to. Two years ago, back in 2016, we had protracted negotiations with the Our Canada mods, the moderators, wherein we went back and forth with people calling themselves Medim, Lucky 75, I believe Perma was CC'd in that thread. We were trying to figure out how to get them onto this show. They would not come into the studio for in-person interviews. They didn't want to use their real names on the show. We went back and forth. Reluctantly, I agreed to their terms. And then they ghosted us, just disappeared, stopped replying to our emails. I let it slide. 
until last week, when those emails demanding that I take a look at Our Canada got a lot more urgent and a lot more frequent. Here's the drama. After years of speculating that the people controlling Our Canada were becoming increasingly censorious, tyrannical, extreme, and racist, there was finally proof. The flare next to that post said, smoking gun. In a private chat, the R Canada moderator called PERMA came right out and said it. Asked point blank, so you're a white nationalist? PERMA answered, slowly becoming one, yes. Once again, we asked the moderators of R Canada, PERMA included, if they would talk on this show and be accountable for how they manage one of Canada's biggest news platforms. And they wouldn't do it. They say that PERMA's comment was sarcastic, that it's been taken out of context, but they won't provide that original context. They won't even explain what that original context supposedly was, and they won't speak on this show. They have since appointed four additional mods, assumedly not white nationalists, in an attempt to address this controversy, but they won't talk about it. Somebody will. That smoking gun screenshot where PERMA cops to being a white nationalist, that was leaked through a rival subreddit by a rival subredditor called Used to Donate Blood. He's asked me to call him Neil. I don't know if that's his real name. I suspect it isn't. He has also asked me to mask his real voice, and I have agreed to talk to him on those terms. But first, I'm going to get some more context from reporter Evan Balgord, Canada Land's go-to expert on all things Reddit, its culture, its influence on the news cycle. And as you will hear, what gets promoted on Reddit can determine what news shows up in your Google search results or on your Facebook newsfeed. Wait for it. This episode is brought to you by Aaron White, Jessica Swanson, Davina McFarlane, Yuki Tanaka, Scott Fenwick, Zachary McLaren, Miguel Lopez, and Nick James. Hi, I'm Nick, a public servant from Montreal. I support Canaland because as a Montreal that doesn't necessarily feel Quebecois or Canadian, it's refreshing and vital to get news stories and media criticism that hits in all directions and that is truly coast to coast in its own way. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. Right now, there is an opioid crisis. Right now, there is a mental health crisis. But right now, it is Mental Health Week. And what that means is you can do something about these crises. You can help people. You can help CAMH save lives. They offer treatment with dignity, and they are doing cutting-edge research. I don't know if anybody listening to this is untouched by this crisis. You can see it in the downtown of every city in this country. You certainly feel it in Toronto. This is not something happening to other people. These are our friends. These are our communities, our families. We are all touched by addiction. We are all touched by the mental health crisis, and we all share responsibility to do something about it. Helping CAMH is something you can do about it. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where nobody is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help them treat addiction and build hope. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, it's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. 
but often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is also brought to you by Endy. Launched in 2015, Endy has become the leading online sleep brand in Canada. That means they make mattresses. They do so from their headquarters in Toronto. Their signature product, the Endy mattress, is Canadian-made. Their mission is simple to give Canadians from coast to coast the best possible sleep at the fairest possible price. They save lots of money by being headquartered in Canada, and they pass that on to you. Their mattresses have millions of microscopic supportive air cells, which provide the perfect balance of comfort and support, temperature control, pressure relief, and motion transfer resistance. What does that mean? You roll around, your partner won't feel a thing. Infused with cooling gel, the Andy mattress keeps sleepers cool and comfortable all night long through every Canadian season. They send you this thing in a box, foomp, it comes open in your home. You get to try it out for 100 nights. The shipping is free. You don't like it, you send it back, they give it to a charity. That is why ND is Canada's best-selling bed in a box, with the highest rate of customer satisfaction and the lowest rate of returns. Go to nd.ca slash CanadaLand, check out their prices, use the promo code CanadaLand to get $50 off of those excellent prices, and that is spelled E-N-D-Y dot C-A slash CanadaLand. This episode is also brought to you by Paytm Canada. I like them as a sponsor because I like having sponsors on that save people who listen to this show money. I like sponsors that are just going to give you money. And Paytm Canada is giving anybody who signs up with the Canada Land promo code 10 bucks that you can put towards your bill. I'm pretty sure you have bills to pay. So that's a pretty good deal for you. You can also get up to 15% in cashback rewards, which, you know, you don't usually get cashback for paying your bills. But with Paytm, you can. And they give it to you in the form of gift cards to like Amazon or Best Buy. So in addition to the convenience of paying all of your bills, in one place. There are other incentives, other really good reasons to try this out. Download the Paytm Canada app or visit paytm.ca and sign up. And as soon as you sign up with the Canada Land code, you'll get that 10 bucks in Paytm cash, put it towards a bill. That's paytm.ca or download Paytm Canada. Hey, Evan. Hey, Jesse. How big is our Canada? Our Canada has about 340,000 subscribers right now. And at any given time, even if it's pretty dead, there will be thousands of people kind of browsing the page. 340,000 people, most of whom I'm assuming are Canadian, choosing our Canada as a place to get Canadian news. Those are like up there with the top sources, cbc.ca slash news or the Globe and Mail or any other major news source. That's the big leagues. Sure. And those news outlets often have their comment sections closed. But of course, when those articles are posted on Reddit, there are often lively debates in the comment section. Sometimes it will turn into trolling and harassment, but at other times people will do their own research and actually bring new information to a story. And that's why it's an excellent resource for journalists. Well, as the trend is to turn comments off for mainstream news sites, it feels like, I think somebody put it, Reddit is the comment section for the internet itself. I know that their actual slogan is the front page of the internet. Mm -hmm. And then you add to that, this is not just where you get your stories, but where you can still talk about them. Yeah, absolutely. How influential is it sort of amongst those people, but also the impact that it has outside of Reddit? In terms of how influential it is, I mean, some of these articles will have huge reach with 
thousands of people commenting on them, tens of thousands of people having reading and uh, upvoting or downvoting them. And of course, that also drives a lot of traffic back to the original site that published that article. So it doesn't just have an impact on people reading it, but it also has an impact on publishers who might want to keep an eye on how their stories are doing on Reddit because it will drive some traffic back and give them some links. I first became cognizant of Reddit's power back when I was uh, writing for McLean's and then we actually had uh, access at that time to our referrals and saw that Reddit was like ranking pretty high. And if you did well at Reddit, you were doing well overall. If some obscure article got picked up and upvoted on Reddit, then it seemed to get a lot of Google juice and then you'd see it on Facebook a lot. So it felt like one of those kind of like, we use Twitter a lot here because that's sort of where we live. Uh, and if something is popular on Twitter, there's a chance it'll boil over elsewhere. But that's also true of Reddit, where we're less active. At least it was when I was following this stuff more closely. Is that, is that still seem to be the case, that it's a bit of a tastemaker in terms of like the wider performance of a story? Well, absolutely. I mean, stories can even sometimes have a second life on Reddit. So months after a story first comes out, if it goes on Reddit and gets a lot of traction, it's a whole new conversation around it. And are we safe in saying that our Canada is the biggest Canadian subreddit? Yes, uh, it's the largest by quite a lot. It's followed by, you know, three other subreddits that kind of deal with Canada stuff and our Canada often. There's a link between all these subreddits. Okay, well, we're going to get into the varying quality of the conversations on different subreddits, but I just want to first establish, like, not just what our Canada is, but how things get popular there, because I was maybe more aware of Reddit in the early days of Reddit, and it still looks like an early internet thing, you know, like kind of laissez-faire, completely democratic and egalitarian. And the idea is we're doing away with the idea of having gatekeepers, some newspaper editor who decides this is the big story and we're going to ignore this story. The whole philosophy of Reddit, as I originally understand it, is, is that the community decides. You upvote a story and that's what dictates whether it's on the front page or not. Sure, but that means that they are different gatekeepers. So moderators, for example, can remove a post or set rules surrounding how people interact with a post or with a shared news story in the comments. And uh, whether or not it gets a lot of upvotes right off the bat kind of determines whether or not that link or that news story appears on the front page of that subreddit and is therefore heavily interacted with. So whether or not it percolates really depends on, you know, the first 20 or 100 people that see it. And in the past, I'm not saying specific to these Canadian subreddits, but in the past, there have been campaigns with certain content to make sure it gets a lot of upvotes right away and therefore gets a lot of traction or not. People have even bought like um, fake account services in order to heavily upvote something so that more people see it. So it is a system that can be hijacked, but it can be hijacked at like a grassroots behind your computer screen kind of an effort. So you can get 100 people to upvote your post or you could get uh, 100 bots that you pay to upvote your post. Mm -hmm. Tell me about these moderators because they're not administrators. Administrators are employees of Reddit, right? And Reddit, as much as it looks like this kind of free-for-all message board, it is owned by Condé Nast, or, or at least I think now they're the majority shareholder at this point. They're valued at something like $1.8 billion. They are a, a big media company, Reddit, but they don't have your typical structure of paid editorial employees. They have administrators who are not really involved in the day-to-day -day stuff. Mods, stop me when I get any of this wrong, yep. are kind of volunteers from the community who do that work. How much influence do they have on whether or not something gets upvoted? You know, I, I get your point that you can kind of game the system by getting 100 people, but are they just there to moderate and keep civility or can they actually influence what gets popular and what's on the front page? So the moderators can sticky certain posts, which means it forces it to the front page. Oh, they can just put something on the front page? Yes. Of their subreddit, yes. Oh, okay. 
So much for the Democrat. Okay, uh, that's you know a pretty blunt force tool right there. They can just stick it to the front page. Yep. I believe they can get rid of comments they don't like. Yes, they can remove comments and they can ban users, which is... They can just get rid of users entirely. They can ban them from that subreddit, yeah. Uh-huh. So I think that there's a, you know one argument which is just like, hey, anybody can set up a subreddit and set up their own rules for that subreddit, and this is totally open. But on the other hand, our Canada... Represents us as a country in a way. Even by Reddit, like when you sign up to be on Reddit, it suggests to you maybe you'd like to subscribe to Our Canada. You know, if you look at the rules of Our Canada, it positions itself as sort of the objective. They say, we don't post stuff here for partisan purposes. Don't torque. If you're going to post a news story, you get to write kind of like a headline commenting on that news story. You could either just use the news story's headline, but don't misrepresent it or be here for partisan interest. And I think that they're kind of buttressing this idea that this is the top level generic place for Canadian news stories. Mm -hmm. Even today, if I look at at the front of our Canada, yes, they're drawing from mainstream news sources and it's filled with a lot of the same stuff, Olympic stuff and Trudeau and India stuff. But a major news story that's on the front page of CBC's website and the Globe and Mail, the Tina Fontaine murder case, the trial of Raymond Cormier is absent from that front page. And stories that are kind of like critical of Trudeau or stories that I think are maybe right of center seem to have a higher probability of being on Reddit's front page. So any story that might be considered like uh, about progressive issues, that seems to be more likely on the front page of a mainstream news source than on our Canada's front page. When we were discussing Tina Fontaine, I would also note that the CBC shuts down comments on anything to do with indigenous issues because it can get so toxic. And we have seen how those conversations can get extremely toxic in all of the Canada subreddits anytime that there is an indigenous issue. So, you know, I've been curious about this idea of an editorial slant at our Canada for some time. And this all boiled over this week. And it seems to involve this sort of triangle of sites where you've got our Canada You've got another subreddit called On Guard for Thee, and you've got another subreddit called Meta Canada. Evan, can you summarize the distinctions between these subreddits for me? Sure. So Our Canada is kind of the catch-all, and it does seem to have um, a right word bent to it. Often when you use Our Canada and there's discussions within the threads, sometimes there can be you know adult conversations happening there with people adding things of substance and having good debates. But oftentimes it seems like some very right of center, far right views, even white nationalist views at times, seem to be overrepresented in our Canada. White the, nationalist views are overrepresented at Canada's representative news page on Reddit. Well, you'll see conversations around things like the um, it's OK to be white posters. And you would actually have very strong positions coming out from people saying, yes, these posters are fine. It is fine to post stuff about it's okay to be white. Like, why are you hating on white people? Things like that. And we know that that campaign is the front-facing... Well, it was uh, organized by the alt-right. They wanted people to freak out about the content of the message when the real problem was that there were really hateful people putting up those posters in a trolling campaign. Yeah, okay. So they were having conversations about things like that, and it seemed that this very far-right view is very heavily represented uh, in our Canada. That's not to say that lefties and stuff don't, don't use it as well. Then the other two subreddits, you know, you have Meta Canada, which used to call itself alt-right, according to On Guard for Thee. They have some screenshots saying it used to call itself alt-right. And even just casually browsing through it, you can see why. I mean, there's like Faith Goldie on the sidebar. Um, You see like pictures of alt-right memes and things like that. And the language that they use, the way they sometimes insult the transgender community or use what we certainly acknowledge now is like non-PC language to purposely offend. 
that's kind of the place where that is. It does look alt-right. And if it isn't explicitly alt-right, it's certainly a very safe space for them to hold those views without being censored. I'm told it's modeled after the Donald, which is the alt-right subreddit in the States that's been very influential in And you'll see Trump an overlap grassroots. between those two subreddits, the okay. Donald and MetaCanada. So frequently there'll be content posted on both the Donald and on MetaCanada. And when uh, Lauren Southern did a AMA on the Donald, she actually recommended people go check out MetaCanada. Okay, so that sort of situates MetaCanada. What is the connection, if any, between MetaCanada and our Canada? So I understand MetaCanada kind of came out of our Canada, and MetaCanadians will still heavily interact with the uh, Canada subreddit. They'll comment on the articles and participate. I'm also told that one of the mods for MetaCanada is also a mod for our Canada. Yes. I mean, that's like an editor at Rebel Media also being an opinions page editor at the Globe and Mail. That's kind of a big deal. I'd say that's a similar situation, yeah. And what is the purpose? If alt-right views are so welcome on our Canada, then why do they need this other place? Well, watered-down alt-right views are still very welcome on our Canada. Uh Whereas Meta-Canada, they even have like their rules at the sidebar where they basically say, and I'm paraphrasing here, but they basically say, you can post whatever you want, but if it's going to be so extreme that Reddit's going to get mad at us for like having that in our subreddit, then we will remove it. Right. But they're not taking any stance against that content themselves. The way they kind of phrase it is, you know, if it was so extreme and so bad that Reddit itself would have a problem, don't post it. Uh-huh. So tell me about On Guard for Thee. So On Guard for Thee was created by some folks that thought the Canada subreddit was sliding to the right and that the Meta Canada was having too much influence in how Canada was uh, was operating. And they've kind of made it their mission to expose the links between, you know, the, the Canada moderator team and the Meta Canadians or any undue influence or their moderating practices. So it's kind of a meta Reddit where they are criticizing what's happening with the other subreddits. So is it a place to post the kind of progressive stories or social issue stories that you can't get on Our Canada? Or is it a place to criticize Our Canada and prove this link between Meta Canada and Our Canada? Or is it both of those things? It can be both of those things. Although generally, I would say where people would discuss and post progressive news stories would probably be Canada politics. All right, Evan. I definitely feel like we are deep within the, I don't know, the schoolyard gossip of these pseudonymous internet denizens and like, We're in who cares territory for a lot of people, except when you consider the fact that what is bubbling to your attention is the impact of these internal politics of Reddit. Sure. But then the audience of Reddit is also much younger and a lot of people use it as a primary news source. Uh So there is a whole demographic of people that um, are going to it for their daily source of news. So it's been three years now that people hailing from the On Guard for Thee clan have been alleging that Meta Canada has undue influence on our Canada. And this week they claim that they they basically produced a smoking gun. Yeah. So this smoking gun is uh, screenshots of internal moderator discussions on our Canada, which they say demonstrate that they were giving preferential treatment to white nationalist views and uh, and a white nationalist user ham underscore sandwich 77. And also that one of the moderators of Canada said that they were slipping into white nationalism. And one of the moderators of our Canada in this screenshot that I looked at said, I am becoming a white nationalist. Yes. I mean, if we accept the conceit that these people have power akin to the editor of a major newspaper, which in terms of the sheer numbers of newsreaders they influence and the types of controls they have to stick something to the front page, 
that's a big deal. Well, yeah, I mean, even rebel media can't uh, successfully keep employed full-blown white nationalists anymore. Yeah, that's still outside of the Overton <laughs> window. If you say that, you can't play anymore. Their immediate response was, this is being taken out of context, that there was sarcasm involved, that the screenshots were partial. I then said, okay, I'm curious to get to the bottom of this. And I posted a comment on our Canada saying, okay, I've been following this a little bit. I've picked up that you say it's out of context and you don't have the full context. You've lost the chat logs that would reveal the full context. But if you know that it's out of context, then you know the true context. If you know that it's sarcastic, you should be able to explain in what way this was a sarcastic statement. Can you please explain that to me? And they deleted my comment. They encouraged me to message them privately and then they deleted my comment. And I'm told they did so in such a way that leaves no trace where I don't get notified that they deleted the comment. And so, you know, through the years, all these people coming to complain to me saying my comment's getting deleted and I, you know, haven't necessarily been so prompt. You experienced it yourself. I experienced it myself, but they did encourage me to get in touch with them privately and say, okay, we want to have you on the show. And, you know, it's hard to know, am I speaking to the group? Am I speaking to one of the moderators? We received two different replies saying, thanks for the invitation, but we will not come on the show. And reiterating in a statement that they feel that this was taken out of context, that if I knew more about the culture of Reddit, I would understand this, that this is a, some sort of a perversion or misrepresentation, but still failing to explain to me how was that not a genuine statement made in earnest? So we did really make every effort we could to represent uh, the point of view of these mods who are, you know, facing pretty serious accusations and I think quite alarmingly evading any kind of public accountability for it. The only repercussion is that as we record this today and when we're talking on Thursday, people are going to be hearing this on Monday, the announcement came that there are four new mods joining the ranks of our Canada. So to whatever extent we can look at that as a response to this uh, controversy, you know, it, it seems to bear some kind of relationship. Yeah. And you were telling me that those mods actually came from Canada politics, which, as I said before, is the best place to have an adult discussion about Canadian stuff on Reddit. So without knowing anything really about those individual moderators that are now part of the, I guess, Canada board of moderators, that looks like a positive move. Okay, Evan, we don't have anybody from our Canada, and I don't particularly want to speak to anybody from Meta Canada, but we will be speaking to a mod from On Guard for Thee, and I think On Guard for Thee is the offshoot, the subreddit that has been encouraging me to look at this, uh, really, this alt-right hijacking, this alleged uh, overtake of our Canada in a moment. Before I do that, though, you did mention that you have some interesting information about the links between the conservative party of Canada and the Meta Canada subreddit. Sure. So I published an article back in December that suggested a link between Stephen Taylor, who was the digital director for Shear's campaign during the leadership. I think he was like one of the original conservative bloggers, uh, Twitter guy and operative within various conservative campaigns. So I published this article in December that links Stephen Taylor to the alt-right Meta Canada subreddit. And he told me he wasn't aware of the alt-right nature of the subreddit. That had originally been called alt-right? According to the screenshots from Ardguard for Thee, they said they were alt-right before alt-right was a thing, something like that. Okay, so he says he doesn't know that. Yeah, and he said he didn't want anything to do with the alt-right. So what was really kind of telling after that is that the Metacanda subreddit didn't go after him for cucking out on them like you would expect. Um, I found a few conversations about Taylor in the Metacanda Discord channel. So right in the sidebar of Metacanda, they have this Discord channel. And Discord channel is a place where people can voice chat or chat. And some of the things that they said, and this was all said on October 17th and 18th. So this was before my article was published. 
They were saying that a Meta-Canadian is now working for the future PM, speaking about Stephen Taylor. So Stephen Taylor working for Andrew Scheer and Meta-Can is saying one, one of ours is, is working with the future prime minister. Yeah, they were saying he should be their minister of memes. Um, they posted a picture of him and said, I just posted this. He might not want the attention from us right now, and that's fine. We got our guy on in the inside. He's been friendly with us for a long time. If you search their Discord for this now, you won't find it. It appears to have been deleted, or maybe I'm just not searching it right. But I saved all of this in a Word file in case that happened. Okay, so once again, we're deep in the weeds, but it does have some bearing. And I think that there is a, you know, kind of one step removed link between Andrew Scheer and Meta Canada. To whatever extent the alt-right is now politically toxic, Andrew Scheer, both through Hamish Marshall, his uh, campaign manager, who was a co-founder of The Rebel, and now through Stephen Taylor, who at least has worked for Scheer, is connected to this alt-right Reddit community. Well, we only really scratched the surface here, too. And we're approaching another general election. And one thing I think that uh, we as journalists should keep an eye out for is where these weird little corners of the internet might actually have a political impact. I mean, a lot of people who supported Donald Trump really said that they memed Donald Trump into the presidency. And I think we have to be mindful that the same kind of influence isn't exerted here and be mindful of what links the political parties have to some of these really nasty ideologies because there is some smoke that they are there, but the real work to determine what the impact of all these subreddits have been or the activity on them, we haven't done that work to figure that out yet. Thanks, Evan. Thank you. Okay, as promised, here is my interview with Used to Donate Blood, who has asked me to call him Neil. They are the founding moderator of On Guard for Thee, the breakaway subreddit that is critical of the R Canada subreddit and the Meta Canada subreddit. I conducted this interview using Discord, a voice chat platform for gamers. Neil, a.k.a. Used to Donate Blood, was the only moderator of this subreddit who agreed to talk with me. The other moderators were listening in and typing along. It was kind of weird and creepy, but uh, anyhow, here we go. All right, so you're totally anonymous, which is uh, something that journalists don't like so much, uh, unless there's really good reason to grant someone anonymity. And this isn't just anonymous, like, I know your name, but I'm not telling our listeners. I don't know your name. Okay. Perhaps you can tell me why you need to be uh, so anonymous. Uh, like, we actually started um, as an anti-hate subreddit, and some of the people that we were featuring were saying things such as, oh, I hope that every single MP that voted for the carbon tax would starve to death, or oh, I wish there would be bombs in Parliament. It just sounded like something that you would find from, like, a terrorist after he committed an act. So just due to these reasons, um, I decided that, you know, it's better safe than sorry. Like, I know that they're going after me and I'm protecting myself for that. And that's the reason why. So the short version of that is death threats. You're anonymous because of death threats. Yes. And I guess the most important thing is that if I'm telling our listeners that you are a moderator of the subreddit on guard for thee, to the best of our knowledge, you in fact are that person to the extent that we communicated with that Reddit mod through direct message on Reddit yeah. and arranged for this voice interview. And this is the voice that was waiting for us on the other end. And uh, that is the extent to which we were able to verify that you are uh, the moderator of that subreddit, right? Yeah. Okay. So my understanding of the drams, having read these screenshots, is that PERMA, a moderator of the R Canada subreddit, 
was asked in a conversation about whether or not he would ban Ham Sandwich 77, uh, which I understand that username to be uh, as kosher as a Ham Sandwich, somebody who is widely uh, reputed to be a neo-Nazi. Why won't you get rid of this neo-Nazi? And Perma shares some opinions, essentially suggesting that they are themselves sympathetic to white nationalist causes. Mm -hmm. They are then point blank asked in this exchange by Velvet Justice, hey, that sounds like you're in favor of white nationalism or you're becoming a white nationalist. And Perma confirms this and says, yes, I am. Yes, um, I'm under the impression that the uh, conversation between Velvet Justice and Perma was likely uh, private messages. But the remainder of the screenshots where it's a conversation between r slash candlemods was between a group. Uh, Velvet Justice was the one who brought these uh, messages to our, our attention and that we have now uh, released publicly. Okay. So at least in my opinion, it seems that this PERMA was saying, I'm a white nationalist. My question to you is, so what? Why do I care that some anonymous person on the internet is sympathetic to white nationalism? What is the relevance of this? Well, first off, um, I just want to say that Reddit is, I believe, the sixth most popular website in Canada. A lot of younger people go on Reddit, and that's how they end up having their political opinions formed. And I just find it really disturbing that someone who moderates the National Canadian subreddit that has 330-some thousand subscribers is able to selectively delete posts or allow really racist comments and just is using this to spread white nationalism. I just, I find it very disheartening with what happened in the United States with essentially a bigot now being in the White House. I just, I'm taking a stand against it. This is what I'm doing to prevent uh, hate from being spread. Like just a little over a year ago when we started, we had two people, uh, the moderator, Ordinary Canadian and I, and now we have over 11,000 subscribers. You've got over 11,000 subscribers. Our Canada has close to 340,000. This is a very different kind of interview for me. Uh, the other on guard for the moderators, or at least some of them, are listening in to us but are unwilling to join in on voice because yeah. we're doing this through Discord. You communicate with these people and work with them on this volunteer basis all the time. They've never heard your voice until today. Uh, this is a weird little corner of the internet uh, <laughs> that, that uh, I guess one of the things that we're kind of encountering in covering this is, do we apply the same kind of scrutiny to Reddit that we apply to editors of newspapers? Uh, I suppose you're making the case that by the sheer number of people getting their news from Reddit, um, perhaps we should. Um, I think it's just more that it's a fact that a lot of people go to Reddit and end up having their political opinions changed. It was recently discovered that the, uh, the Donald Trump subreddit was a huge hotbed for Russian trolls and Russian activity uh, just to bring extra popularity to pro-Trump articles or just pro-Trump propaganda. And um, I think it's just in general that the internet can be utilized for spreading false propaganda, and On Guard for Thee was essentially a way to to counter that. Is On Guard for Thee like the place to talk about the things you can't talk about on Our Canada, or is it like the place to fight Our Canada and expose them for all of their fascistic connections and such? Um, I would actually say a bit of both, because I originally started by commenting on Canada. I would see something very just racist, and I would say, hey, by the way, guys, this user is uh, promoting genocide. It's just a heads up, everyone. He's in r slash Canada. And every time I would comment, it just got deleted. The moderators said, oh, you're trying to cause a fight. Okay, you're deleted. 
any attempt to bring the problem of hate in r slash Canada to light was just met with censorship. You know, I go back a ways with this stuff. Uh, I don't know much about Reddit, but I did meet Alexis Ohanian, mm -hmm. one of the founders of Reddit. And I interviewed Aaron Swartz, who was involved in the founding of Reddit. And they both were very much sort of like just open internet advocates for a kind of an age of the internet that seems to be passing by as things get more commercialized. And the dream of Reddit was very different than the culture of Reddit as I know it now. This is kind of an interesting thing to take from that if you make a completely wide open platform and let the people vote whatever news they want up to the top and have whatever conversations they want, whereas, you know, mainstream news is just shutting down their discussions. I appreciate that there are pockets like on guard for the, you know, but then again, 11,000 subscribers versus 340, you know, what does that tell us? I think some of it just may be due to brand recognition. Like a lot of people are just going to wonder, oh, what's the Canadian community? Oh, uh, let's try Canada. Let's plug that in. Oh, there's 300,000 people here. Okay, let's just join that. Um, also, another thing about Reddit is that it often gets used for hate. Um, occasionally, Reddit will shut down some small subreddits, but for some of the big ones, they'll just ignore them. And I believe the reason for that is because they're too big and that they give them money. A lot of people will buy what's called Reddit Gold, which is uh, it costs $4 to buy. And it's usually for, for a comment or a submission that you really like. And some of the very big hateful subreddits, such as the Donald Trump subreddit, um, a lot of people buy this Reddit gold. You know, I guess I'm struggling with a certain contradiction, which is that what you guys are urging me to do is to not dismiss this all as, you know, infighting of pseudonymous people in some dark corner of the Internet, but appreciate the mainstream influence that Reddit has and apply media criticism and public accountability to Reddit moderators the same as I would, you know, perhaps newspaper editors or mainstream journalists. I'm sold on that, but I don't have anonymous conversations with newspaper editors. The same kind of scrutiny that I feel should be applied to, you know, people who have that much influence over our Canada, that of course needs to be applied to you too. And I'm uncomfortable with these anonymous conversations. The The culture of Reddit notwithstanding and the doxing and the death threats, um, you know, it's with great trepidation that I even put you on the air without knowing your name, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, if we're talking about accountability, you know, you're asking me to hold them accountable, but there's a degree to accountability that you're not willing to subject yourself. I think just to reiterate, um, just the risk that I'd be putting my name out there, putting my face out there when I'm getting death threats, I can't seem to justify that. Although I, I understand where you're coming from. You know, I, I get your point. This is just like a hobby that you moderate this and are trying to push back against something that you feel is wrong. Yeah, pretty much. This isn't your job. One last thing I wanted to bring up with you, and one of my other hesitations about having this kind of conversation on the show, is that this culture of anonymity is just so ripe for shenanigans. We received a direct message on Twitter that was claiming to be from Ham Sandwich, the uh, supposedly... <laughs> supposedly neo-Nazi person who's, whether or not to ban them or not, was the root of this conversation, uh, warning us not to pursue this interview. I'll just read it. Hi, rumor has it you're going to try to get an interview with the Reddit R Canada moderators at the behest of the On Guard for the founder used to donate blood. That's you, yeah? Uh, yes, one of the co-founders, yes. Okay, well, I'm here to let you know that Used to Donate Blood has doxxed the two R Canada mods and have been blackmailing them for months with their personal info and plan to blackmail them into doing the interviews with you. 
Now that you know this, you're a party to extortion if you proceed with your plans. Uh, I need this like I need a hole in my head. What? <laughs> so I'm just trying not to laugh right now. <laughs> God help me. How do you respond to this uh, anonymous accusation that you have doxxed the moderators of our Canada? Yeah, sure. Okay, I am used to doing it blood. Just uh, so that everyone knows, doxing is when someone posts personal identifying information of someone online in the hopes to have bad things happen to that person in real life. What we have done is shared screenshots taken from a chat room where everyone is using pseudonyms like online aliases. This is not doxing. We are completely against any type of doxing. If anyone posted any sort of personal information on r slash on guard for the, we would ban them immediately and tell all the administrators who have read it about this. Ham Sandwich is a delusional man. Um, he believes that two of us moderators are the same person. Uh, he believes that this is somehow criminal extortion when it is clearly not. So um, I completely dismiss these ridiculous allegations. All right. You heard it here first, listeners. Anonymous guy on the internet denies allegations from anonymous guy on the internet. <laughs> I do appreciate you speaking with me uh, on, on whatever terms you are able. Thank you. Hey, thanks, Jesse. That is your Land show. I hope you enjoyed it. You can email me about it at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I read them all. We are on Twitter at CanadaLand. We have original news reporting that we put on our website at CanadaLandShow.com. Our crowdfunding site is Patreon.com slash CanadaLand. We have other shows coming out this week. Check out a new episode of Commons and a new episode of The Imposter. They are well worth your subscription. Our crowdfunding site is Patreon.com slash CanadaLand. This episode was produced by Ali Graham. Syndication by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at cfuv.ca. If you like what we do, please support us on Patreon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.